It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What was that, Anthony? Aditi's yeah, ready? so we have Aditi, and before we get Aditi in, I just want to remind everybody that Earl, Mike, and I do a podcast on the weeknights where it's called Behind the Glass. And sometimes, who knows, we might talk about orcas and transferring them across, or we might talk about sports. It's called Behind the Glass. We love the support that you guys give to us, and make sure you subscribe so you get the notifications when we go live for that. And without further ado, Aditi. Aditi Kigwala of CBS. CBS! And we haven't seen her in a while. I just talked to her this week, so I've seen her. Well, I haven't there seen her. There she is. Welcome Hi. back. Oh, I love the serenade. How you doing? <laughs> singing. No, you singing? that's it. That's, that's all, all I got. got. Welcome uh, back. How you doing? Um, great. A little harried, uh, but I played a good hour of tennis today. Oh. Can I tell you that I'm playing a lot of tennis and um, I've picked up golf, which I just don't oh, understand. Oh, that's obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it obnoxious? Golf is such an obnoxious sport. I don't sport. get it. Is it even a sport? Does it count as a sport? No. Or is it just like an act of frustration? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. By the way, when you first came on and said you, I thought for a second, in my mind, when you said you were harried, I thought you said you were hairy. I'm That's like, what I thought. Why would you <laughs> I, I actually got three inches off. I just got this. My like supposed to be my season due, yeah. but it's a little bit of a mess. Sorry. That's the hairy right. part. Is when you're running uh, around. Uh, you know? I have the most important question for you. Okay. This is the question of the football season. If you had to pick a member of the Cleveland Browns that was most likely an alien, like <laughs> from out of space, who would it be? If you said that guy's got to be an alien, what is wrong with you? (laughs) But does an alien necessarily have a negative connotation or just somebody who is so against the grain and norm of what you would expect? I I don't think it has to be necessarily positive or negative. I think it could be however you take it. Yes. I don't think Well, you know what? So when I, the first alien that I think of is E.T. It's not even a Men in Black alien. It's E.T. And E.T. was so lovable that Nick Chubb is who I would pick. I think Nick Chubb is a good choice. I just feel like, again... Miles Garrett? Because he's, like, otherworldly? Otherworldly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. That's not normal. He's a freak Earl alien? But I would argue... I'd argue that... Nick Chubb is otherworldly too, especially in personality. Oh, for sure. All things considered. I mean, I've seen the barbell right? bend. It looks like it's a piece yeah. of rubber on those spots that he does. I guess I'll have to go with Nick Chubb. I, Nick, You're going with Nick Chubb yeah, also? Chubb. But I mean, Miles Garrett does not look like he is of this earth. I mean, I still remember meeting him when he was drafted, and it's like, really? Like, people are just born looking like that? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. Can I take that back? Who are you going with? I go David Njoku. It just dawned on me. It was oh. zero degrees outside, and he was outside with no shirt on. Well, he's crazy. <laughs> well, so are Yeah, but you know what? Ryan Shazier did that all the time. TJ yeah. Watt does that. Yeah. I feel like it's all this whole psychological. Yeah. I don't know that that's that unusual. And, and I would say half And I think people. Njoku likes his abs so much, he'll that's just take true. every opportunity to show them off. Yes. Uh, a, a serious note, we were having a little bit of a debate. Okay. Who's the better head coach? Mike Tomlin or Harbaugh, if you had to choose between those two. And I know you you know both of them very well. 
Uh, if you had to pick between the two, I went with Harbaugh. Earl went with Tomlin. I don't think Jason made an opinion. But who's your pick between the two? You had to choose. Tomlin. He's going Tomlin. Who are you going? Harbaugh or Tomlin? If you had to pick. You know, I feel like this is an apples to oranges thing, and it's almost more like who would motivate you better or who okay. would fit your team better. You know, That's so fair. like when we talk about with the Browns, Jim Schwartz versus Joe Woods, in some ways, Jim Schwartz was a much better personality fit for what these Browns needed than Joe Woods was. So to that point, for me personally, the better fit for me would be John Harbaugh. But it's hard, you know, these are both guys that get the most out of who they have. You know, a John Harbaugh team is almost never, ever, ever flat. They always show up ready to play. A Mike Tomlin team, whether he's starting Duck Hodges or a future Hall of Fame quarterback, is always competitive. And Adam, you and I have had this conversation a million times. Mm -hmm. Guys, I'm so sorry. I have repeatedly asked for that to be silenced, and it is not silenced, but hopefully any moment now, unless you want me to take a break and go ask for that. What is that? I, we didn't hear anything. I, you know, uh, we're just going to keep going. Oh, it's just getting worse, isn't it? But in any case, I, That I was the only thing we heard. We hadn't heard anything before you mentioned it. Hey, Didi, I see the mom look. I see it. I just, I just got scared. <laughs> you know when your there? mom is trying to smile through something when she's really like, you better yeah, turn it off yeah. right now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So, back to this. Uh... You know, the the Mike Tomlin playoff run really, 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 really bothers me, really irks me that in the last dozen years, there are only three playoff wins to show for that. And there was that six-year spell when they had the best wide receiver in the game in Antonio Brown, one of the best running backs in the game in Le'Veon Bell, a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, one of the best offensive lines in the game, great tight end, and a defense littered with first-round picks. And in those six years, they have exactly one trip to the AFC title game to show for it. That makes me feel like significant disappointment. You know, like you've gotten there, but it's not good enough to get there. Like at some point, it's not enough to just have a 500 record. At some point, you've got to win playoff games. John Harbaugh, I really, really, really admire the way that he completely was willing to flip the switch and change his offense the year that he went to Lamar Jackson. I mean, you're talking about in the middle of the season, yeah. Joe Flacco, he makes the switch and completely upends what they're doing. And you think about coaches being really sort of slave to what they do, to their scheme, to the way they want to run things. I mean, even when it was such a big deal with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and how he fit in the Browns offense, I mean, he just didn't fit what they were doing. So maybe yeah. you should change what you're doing to fit this dynamic player. But that's not the way that things were done there. And John Harbaugh is sort of the opposite of that, so I appreciate that. Again, I mean, it's splitting hairs. I know I'm just talking about filibustering, but like this is—you know what's funny? I just told—I just went to talk to the Pitt football players about dealing with the media and best practices and being a good teammate. And the first thing I told them was, if you don't want to answer a question, you don't have to. Just keep talking. (laughs) That's that's what I'm doing. To your point. Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl early in his career with a guy who's going to now be a Hall of Famer in Ben Roethlisberger. Much as I detest him, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Whereas Harbaugh won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, who is never going to sniff the Hall of Fame. Right. Big difference. But also, you know, the Steelers did the first time that Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger had a tremendous playoff run until then. 
but they won with an amazing defense and a great run game. And when John Arbaugh won, he had an amazing defense, too. That's fair. That's fair. And isn't that a part of it, is getting the most out of yeah. every player that you have and pulling the potential. And you know what? That year, see, this is another thing about John Harbaugh that is a check in his column that I really appreciate. And it's funny because I brought it up a lot last year when the Steelers were having so much sort of angst over their offensive coordinator and especially with the fan base. The year that John Harbaugh won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, remember, very late in the season, he let go his good friend, Cam Cameron, and installed Jim Caldwell as the offensive coordinator. And it was Jim Caldwell that connected with Joe Flacco so much better that Joe Flacco started playing so much better under. John Harbaugh recognized midstream, late in the season, whatever, we need a major change here. And Mike Tomlin still hasn't done that with Matt Canada. But of course, to be fair, I think that ownership has a lot to do with that. And it's not as much Mike Tomlin's decision. But I mean, that's another, sometimes, being a coach is being willing to make a change. If something's not working, sometimes you just have to rip it up. Speaking of that, Aditi, we heard Jimmy and D Haslam address the media at the Greenbrier, and they both talked about that the hirings of Bubba Ventrone and Jim Schwartz that they thought would significantly help Kevin Stefanski. Now we know what Schwartz and Ventrone of uh, Ventrone brings to the actual position group, but what do you think and the impact that they were going to have on Kevin Stefanski himself this year? You know, I the Jim Shorts piece, I'm so excited about. Um, I'm really eager to see tonight. Like, granted, look, because a lot of people, oh, my gosh, this is my Browns baby. Sorry. <laughs> That's the Browns baby? Please. Hi. Hey, tell so here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Who's your favorite football team? Big Brother. Big Brother is your favorite football team? No, who's your favorite football team? Where were you born? Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Can you let mommy finish talking for a minute, please? Yeah. Can you? Okay. She's full. Great. <laughs> because I was trying to get lunch on the table before I came here. Can you yeah, see me right. sweating? My goodness. Talk about why I haven't been on the show for six months. Probably That's right. Because You're rusty. Anyway. Okay. So tonight we are not going to see completely significant. Um, defensive schematical things right but we are going to see a mindset we are going to see how these guys attack we are especially going to get a look at that young new interior defensive line and I think so much of what I want to see is a certain level of aggressiveness and focus and that accountability that in some ways we felt was missing a year ago and that is the hallmark of who Jim Schwartz is so when you talk about what can he do for Kevin Stefanski, we know that in a lot of ways, Kevin Stefanski is a very, I don't want to say easygoing like a knock, but a very level guy. Kevin Stefanski is the type of person who, you know, doesn't let things very visibly bother him, doesn't have major histrionics on a sideline. I mean, never seen the guy throw a clipboard or, you know, anything like that. But so maybe this is a club that needs a little bit more of that fire and that juice. And is Jim Shorts a guy who not only gives that to his defense, but maybe gives Kevin a little bit of freedom to do a little bit more of that or take the pressure off of him to try to be that when he's not really that. Although I have been told that he can get angry in private. I've asked him repeatedly, like, does he get angry at home? Does he yell at his kids? <laughs> he's never really oh, yeah. answered that question. 
I think that Can you Philly, tell from me? Can you tell? Like, am I a yeller? Do you think I yell at my kids? No, you don't. I can tell you're angry. You <laughs> <laughs> yell at your husband, but not your kids. I can tell you're angry. <laughs> not too. Uh, Is that a vacuum cleaner or a food processor? What was that going off? Uh, no, that was actually a vacuum cleaner. A vacuum? I apologies. So. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies, apologies. No, it's My awesome. Goodness, I'm it's awesome. Wow, guys. This is real life. It's great. I just, I, I guess for me, I can just hear my mom as soon as this camera go off. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they turn this camera off, you better run. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, we're, we're all good. We're good. Uh, that's great. I just like watching you sweat. It doesn't happen very often. You're normally as cool and calm as Kevin. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny. It's how, like, being on a football field won't throw me. Somebody being nasty to me. Someone just replayed. Do you guys remember when – it's so funny. This is when it was the Terod Taylor Baker Mayfield thing, and Anthony Lima, like, went off on me on morning radio, and I gave it back to him. Do you remember this? It was, like, five years ago. I certainly remember that. Yeah, Yeah, he was working there at the time. I vaguely remember it. Yeah, so it was this like really big deal. And for some reason, I got this alert that like someone had written about it or talked about it. I'll never forget, like, as soon as I hung up, Todd Haley was messaging me, you go, girl, I'm so proud of you. Wow. <laughs> but it's funny, it's like moments like that don't make me nervous, don't make me start sweating. But something like this, yeah, I'm, I'm a <laughs> kids coming let's go back to the football don't you have another yeah. thing for me i do i do aditi so i know you you you, you were ahead. able to be around deshaun watson a little bit last season uh i'm not sure how much you've heard or how much you've seen with your own two eyes but what's what's the word on deshaun watson and what's the feel about deshaun watson going into his first full season as the cleveland browns quarterback compared to last year i mean what i what i'm hearing is sort of what you expect out of anybody in year two with a club and it's just the level of comfort. It's the level of ownership. It's the communication. It's the, you know, even hearing Alex Van Pelt talk about the way Deshaun Watson is now going through his reads and when necessary, tucking the ball and running and the designed runs and his ease and comfort with what the guys in front of him, what their tendencies are, their comfort with him. You should, I mean, I have no problem saying this, we should all see a massive, massive, significant jump in this year. There's a reason he was paid what he was paid. There's a reason that he was so highly sought after, sought after despite the baggage and everything else that came with him. And in many ways, we gave him a mulligan last year. You know, we said, okay, you were out of football for a year. And okay, you sat for 13 weeks. And okay, the whole team had to sort of readjust in some ways to you. And it's even the command of the huddle. You know, I remember Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel, who is currently the Dolphins quarterback's coach. But he was uh, Russell Wilson's first coach. He was Brett Favre's coach. He was Trevor Lawrence's first coach. He, you know, he's been with quarterbacks every which way. And he was telling me the one thing that we sort of don't think about is the command of the huddle. And you don't think about it when you are a rookie who's, you know, a 21-year-old Um, wet behind the ears college kid coming and suddenly having to command a huddle with all these grown men. And you don't think about it when somebody is new to a team and you haven't really built any base of experience with them. And so in a lot of ways, Deshaun Watson can think that he can just step into a huddle and like, okay, I've done it enough that I command a huddle, but that's not really the way that it works. And so I think that whole team piece of it, the whole comfort, all of that, 
I'm hearing at least I'll see for myself. We'll all see to some degree next week. I hope um, that piece is significant. And I don't think that you can undersell that part of it. You know what? That's another difference between Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin hates all this, like, as he calls it, like the woo woo emotional stuff. Like he doesn't want to think about that, those intangibles, but John Harbaugh acknowledges that they are very much a part of the game. Hmm. All right. I changed my mind. I'll take Harbaugh. You've convinced Bucky into it. <laughs> just nobody send this tape to Mike Tomlin. Like I said, I'm hedging. It's just who you are. What, uh, what's a successful season this year for the Browns? Does it have to be playoffs or everybody gets blown out of the building? Or, or what, in your mind, is, is a successful year? You know, I can't speak to what Jimmy and Dee Haslam would judge as, okay, we need change or not. But I think that any team – any team should say that the playoffs are the first level of success. Isn't that why you play the game? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's enough to sit here and say, oh, if we get nine wins, that's good enough. Or, oh, if we beat the Steelers twice, that's good enough. Like, that's not what the benchmark is here. You play this game for one reason, to yeah. get into the playoffs, to hopefully win a Super Bowl. So, like, anything below that, how is that successful? And now I'll bring that back to Mike Tomlin. My very first year in Pittsburgh was my first year. My second year in Pittsburgh, the Steelers started 0-4 and somehow finished the year 8-8. and And so they had a much better second half of the run. So I remember phrasing a question at the end of the year post, you know, postseason press conference to Mike Tomlin, something about still somehow finishing the season successfully. And Mike Tomlin yelled at me in front of everybody, and he said, you're using the word success. I don't think this is a success. Since when is 8-8 eight and eight a success? That's right. Mm. There you go. Yep. And it, it depends on your standards, right? I mean, the Steelers have higher exactly. standards because they've had so much success. He's 100% right. That's not a successful season. And yeah, but the Browns have to raise. Yeah, Adam, right. come on. The Browns have to raise their standards. Enough yeah. of this. It's enough of like, well, it's the Browns. Well, they're graded on a curve because it's the Browns. Or, well, you know, like a winning record is enough. No. The Browns have a first-class facility. They have first-class coaches. They have first-class players. Let's go. Raise the standard. That's it. Playoffs. And it doesn't, like, part. there's a part of you that says, well, the AFC is as tough as it's ever been. So even yeah. if they're really good, they might not make the playoffs. But that's not an excuse. You've got to get it done. And it. It starts with Kevin Stefanski getting, along with Watson, getting Watson back to being the player that was in Houston. Because if they can't get that player back, they can't win. And they can't be over 500. And they can't make the playoffs because the AFC's too good. Deshaun Watson's got to play like an all-pro all player. Yes, and don't forget the defense, though. I mean, sure. this is a team that two years ago was a top five defense that started last year saying, oh, our goal is to be number one. And then what happened? Right. And then you clearly invested a lot of sort of capital in trying to improve that defensive front. You've brought in a new defensive coordinator. And right. when you're going up against the likes of Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and a much, much, much improved Kenny Pickett, who have you all seen the Kenny Pickett, George Pickens connection? Oh, I enough mean, with Kenny Pickett defense, already. I got uh, your boy. There'll never be enough of Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Peter Schrager going on and on and on about Kenny Pickett. I responded to his tweet today. I'm like, Schrager, enough with Kenny Pickett. He's freaking Mac Jones. Let's just stop it. They're oh, slappies. stop it. No, They're he's slappies. Not. No, he's a slappy. So is Mac Jones. No, I did. no, no. Right, I'm sorry, Pete. Maybe he's Andy Dalton. Maybe he's Andy Dalton. We'll give you that. I did see something on Twitter of uh, Kenny Pickett taking, a, uh, I think, a quarterback sweep. Yeah. And the caption said, is that Kenny Pickett or LeVar Jackson? I just shook my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's practice. Who cares? 
He is more athletic. You remember the fake slide. Y'all remember the fake slide. <laughs> yes, that's true. I mean, give him a little credit. I give him credit for the fake and, slide. And I did. I'll tell you this, too. I just played a charity softball game with him a few weeks ago. And this is the second year in a row that we play in this game. He hits multiple home runs every year. And I don't know what he's not good at. Like, seriously. Quarterback. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear the part of that because Anthony was talking about Oh, she said she doesn't know what he's not good at. And I said oh, quarterback. quarterback. Didi, I do have a follow-up to Sean Watson question yeah. based on a conversation that we all had here. So a lot of us on this panel believe that Deshaun Watson will be good again. Jason said he's not sure if he has it to be great again. Do you believe that Deshaun Watson has it to be great again? Yes. No hesitation. Yes, he does. Yes, 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 he does. And if he isn't, Oh. I don't know what the excuse is. No. Here's it's my not thing. Anymore. It's not the offensive line. It's not having a great run game. It's not having a scheme. I mean, he's had so much input in the scheme. It's being built around what he likes to do in a lot of ways or being tailored to what he likes to do. There's no excuses at this point. When you're paid that amount of money, you are expected to be that great. Sorry. This is just my family. <laughs> This is great. No, here's my thing with Deshaun. I think absolutely he could get back to being great. I don't know that he will. Three years. It's we. It's been three years since we've seen him be great. He's gone through a lot in those three years, and I just don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to come out on the other side of all this the same guy he was before in terms of his quarterback play on the field. And that's. I'm not saying he's not going to be great. I'm just saying I'm pretty confident he can be a good NFL quarterback. Certainly better than anything they've had before. I'm not convinced yet that he's going to be back to the level that he was. That's all. Well, and that's the magic of why the games play out, right? And I think that that's a fair amount of skepticism. I'm just saying that I'll take the over on that, that I think mm -hmm. he can. Well, I, we we'll hope see. so. I mean, I mean, obviously you hope so because good is not good enough, even though it would be right. better than anything they've had. He can't be good. This The AFC is so stacked with great quarterbacks that you got to keep up. And they didn't trade three first-round picks plus for a good quarterback. They traded it for a great quarterback, yeah. and he's got to be that. And part of it is getting his mojo back. We talked about this yesterday. He needs that swag, that confidence, cockiness, right. whatever the hell you want to call it. That was gone last year, Aditi. He needs to bring that back. And if, you know, and... and Which most, is why you know, winning begets winning. And yes, as yeah. tough as that early slate is, you can't get in a hole, you know? Right. And you have to get out there and... Yeah, granted, we saw it in Kevin Stefanski's first year where they had that brutal, ugly week one game against the Ravens, which I was at, and they climbed out of that. But mm -hmm. at this point, there's none of that. Like, you just got to start hot. Was that know? the game start with the fake punt from their own 30? You talking about his first game ever? I don't remember. Oh, I do. Kevin Stefanski's first game, game in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, ran yeah, like yeah. a fake punt from their own 30. I don't, I, to this day, I've always meant to ask him what the hell happened. Well, I asked him. It was, that was, I, Whoa, it was why have you not ago. asked? I forgot. It was three years ago. I, just, I know, but if it's curiosity, head. it's curiosity. It's not like you're going to write about it. You're no, just curious. I know. I'm not. That? Yeah. All right. Nothing. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Like, they obviously have a tough schedule to start the season, but. Uh, for yeah, I'm sick of the excuses about the time. Uh, we want an easy game. If you're when you're a good team and you're a fan of a good team, you don't care who you're playing. You expect. Oh my gosh! Didn't you just watch Patrick Mahomes say on the quarterback series that yeah, he that thought that the Bills were an easier matchup, but he would much rather face the Bengals? Because yeah, that was fascinating when he said that. You think that's going to come yeah, back? 
don't you? Like, I feel that way. Like, what's the fun in beating an own 16 team? Like, isn't it so much more fun to take down the top dog? Isn't it so much more fun to feel like you've accomplished something significant against somebody that you really respect as an opponent? 100%. I mean, you should respect all your opponents, but you know what I mean. Respect as a competitor, whatever. 100%. I just think that you should want to beat the best. And right now, if we, you know, I had this conversation on Pittsburgh radio yesterday, and they asked me to again rank the AFC North teams, which I hate doing. But I said, can't you legitimately see that all four teams finished finish above five hundred? And yes. I think that that's very, very possible. And you should feel good about that as like, hey, we're part of the toughest division. And if you come out of the toughest division, that should bore you into the playoffs. No doubt. And the only thing that stinks about it is it hurts you in terms of getting that number one seed and getting sure. the bye throughout the playoffs. But yes, I mean, this makes Your sound- Bengals haven't cared about that. Have your Bengals cared about going on the road the last few years? No, and honestly, uh, I when when Patrick Mahomes got hurt against Jacksonville, um, I wanted him to play and be healthy against the Bengals because I wanted the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl, but I didn't want him to beat Chad Henney. That right. would have felt. I know a lot of people disagree and maybe don't believe me. That would have felt cheap. Yep. The, and, and the Bengals. Listen, let's face it. Uh, against Mahomes, they won or they lost. If Chad Henney had played that game, the Bengals would have won, most likely. So, and, and you know, who knows what would have happened in the Super Bowl. But I, 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 you want to beat the best to be the best. Yep. That to me yep. is that simple. That's why I don't root for injuries or any of that stuff. I'm well, I think that rooting for injuries is so morbid in general. Do people still do that? I think G. Bush does. What? G. Bush roots for <laughs> oh, injuries. Even though he's had more injuries than anybody I know. He's not in today. Why would today. you ever wish that up anyone? He's not. I don't think he doesn't really root for injuries. But if a guy gets hurt, he's not you know upset about it. Uh, but <laughs> he's actually not in today because he can't even move his arms. It's bull's <laughs> fault. The great, you know, the great Vivian, the great Vivian Stringer used to always say, "To be the best, you have to beat the best." That's right. And she was the Rutgers women's basketball coach who constantly against You thought it was my friend? No, I thought no, it was Rick Flair. Flair. Woo! I thought Rick Flair said oh. that. <laughs> He probably copped him from Coach Stringer. What are you, what are you Ted Carmen over here? Wrestling. What? With the wrestling references? It was one reference. We've been on for years. Everybody knows who Ric Flair right? is. Boy, come, come on, on now. I'm joking. Hit you Ken, with a chair. Ken has a no, wrestling I've reference every eight seconds. I've got a book back here. I can, I can check. I can check if there's a Ric no, Flair. No, I, I, I agree with Didi. I agree with Bull. I agree with Jason. I think to me it's something that's very authentic and something about it's satisfying about knowing that you actually are battle-tested and knowing that you yeah. actually went out there, you know, and you played against the best, a mano a mano. They say it's iron sharpens iron, and the only way to get your iron sharpened is if you go out there and you can beat the tail off some other iron. So I don't have a problem with the Browns' uh, tough start to the schedule. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think everybody in the AFC North is playing each other within the first three or four weeks. So it's not just the Browns with, yeah. the, with the tough schedule. This well, whole division I, has know- a tough schedule. I also think that having to battle is so significant. You know, you mentioned the Jaguars earlier. So I saw the Jaguars last year, week four in Philadelphia. And at the time they were two and one. And I remember before the game, I told my crew, our game crew, I think these guys are going to win their division. And then they go against the Eagles. It was a monsoon the entire game. I mean, literally the rain did not let up. They turned the ball over five times. They lost to the Eagles. But I still came out of that game thinking that the Jaguars were much better than the... I mean, I really actually thought the Jaguars were better than the Eagles at that point. They just were really young. And like I said, there were five turnovers in a driving monsoon. 
And Doug Peterson after that, in fact, told us, because we had him again the next week, that had he had a more veteran team, he wouldn't have even shown the tape. It was such a, like, one-off because of the weather. Right. Well, that actually started a five-game losing streak. I think that's yeah. what it was, a five-game losing streak for the Jaguars. So they were sitting at two and six. But they climbed out of two and six. Yep. And they still ended up winning their division. And then when they were in that huge hole in the playoffs against the Chargers, they were able to climb out of that hole. And I think that that's because they knew they could do it. You know, sometimes it's like you don't know that you can win if your back is against the wall if you haven't had to win when your back was against the wall. So all of these things are so valuable. And it's whether you're beating a good team, whether you're playing a tough opponent, whether you're going through a murderer's row to start the season, whatever it is, it has to set you up for something if you can come out of it. I don't know if you can come out of it with some sort of lessons. Aditi, let's rank the AFC North teams. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Thank let's, you. No, let's rank the AFC North cities in terms of who has the best food. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore. Best food at the stadiums. Best food at the stadiums between those four. Oh, I never eat the stadium food. Come so on. just go cities. You just go what? cities. Just go cities. It's actually a really stupid question because asking Aditi about food is 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 a yeah. Well, I, yeah, she I'm eats like three things. Well, She's, come to me. I eat all the stadium eat. food. I'll yeah, tell you. Know, who's the best of those four? Cincinnati right? and Baltimore are both really good. Yeah, really, really, really. Good. Oh my god! Baltimore. No way. I would put Baltimore and Cleveland together as cities. cities oh, as cities. I'm doing stadium food. I'm doing stadium food. Like that you buy at a concession stand or that you get in a press box? No, what are we get in the I'm, I don't care about the concession stand. No. I'm media dining. He's free press box food. Baltimore, no, Baltimore Bal- does it so. I mean, Baltimore keeps bringing you food after food after food. So you does get Cincinnati. A hot meal at halftime. I give Baltimore the edge because of the crab cakes. Okay. Baltimore okay. brings the out Cincinnati crab cakes. food and the press box is atrocious. Oh, what? For twelve years, I've been eating that food. The Cincinnati press box food wow. is horrific. Are you sure you're and not thinking Cleveland? Halftime, don't tell me a hot dog at halftime is the same as Baltimore, which puts out a whole entire fresh Cincinnati meal. Cincinnati puts out a whole halftime. hot breakfast buffet before the game. Right. Don't nobody yeah, want no skyline chili, field, Jason. So, <laughs> so, all right. No, so, I don't like the skyline. And what's, what's third? Um, Pittsburgh or Cleveland? <laughs> the Browns have the worst spread? Browns have the worst spread. I think the Browns have the worst spread in the division. The Haslam's are rich and richer than right every other yeah. person in Cleveland combined. Can they put a free spread, out, some nice spread out there for the media? Oh, the Browns food, crying is, out loud. Browns food is terrible. That's embarrassing, Browns. That's freaking embarrassing. Get a better spread out there. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, he's too busy taking a crap at the owner's meeting. Aditi, it's the only <laughs> film we have of Jimmy. So they just show it over and over and over and over. He walks like he just took a crap and still a swamp ass. That's how he walks. Okay, so last year, remember last year I was um, yes. hosting the Inside Training Camp show for right. the Browns with Nathan Zagura. Yeah. So one day last year I brought my son, who had just turned seven, to camp with me. Right. And we walk into the main facility. We're kind of in the like front vestibule. Mm-hmm. And who's there but Jimmy Haslam with some right. sort of, you know, um, political, I don't know, some people on like the municipal board or city council mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Jimmy Haslam immediately walks over. He bends down to my son's height and he says, well, who do we have here? And he asks my son his name. He shakes his hand. He asks him how old he is. He says, oh, are you going in second grade? I couldn't believe that the owner of the Browns knew that a seven-year-old would be about to go in second grade. And he proceeded to have full on about a seven-minute conversation with my son. 
which he 100% did not have to do. And I was so, so, so impressed by. And whatever you want to say, in my mind, that goes so, 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 so far. Uh, That is great. That is great. (laughs) Very nice. He still looks like he's walking with a swamp ass. I'm sorry. That's it. Can you take me off, Anthony? When he does things like this, take me off the camera. (laughs) I know. I don't. I'm like, I got to go to the facility after this. Yeah, why is the bull saying I walk like I swamp it? Next week. Okay, so I'm going to be at you on the sideline next week. And J.W. Johnson is going to say to me, So, hey, what were you saying about my father in law? Really? Is that what you were doing? Do you say, and you know what, you should respond and be like, J.W., you wouldn't be, you'd be working in, in a factory if you didn't marry a rich girl. So, to calm down, pal. Oh, goodness. Great accomplishments he's pulled on his own. I've been been flashing the ad sign for a while. It's fine. Good to be a a a Let this this woman go feed her children. Sorry, This has been the most painful 34 minutes of her life. Week one. The vacuum is running. The children are hungry. The phone is ringing. I'm throwing the owners of the Browns under the bus because they're rich, spoiled, and title asses. No, you didn't say that. All hell is broken. Yes. What uh, what game are you doing week one of the NFL there season? There goes current Browns players on this show. <laughs> we, week one of the NFL season, I have Texans at uh, Ravens. You're doing a Browns game in the first three weeks, though, right? Or am I making? I that am. Up? I have week three. I have the Titans at the Browns week okay. three. Okay. You coming in the studio? No. Uh, maybe. Aren't you just going to come for the weekend? Or no? Oh, you know what I could maybe do um, next Friday for the command before the Commanders game. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. Thursday. Yeah. So if I don't have a production meeting, like if I don't have meetings, because the game's a night game next week, right? Friday? Yeah. Yes. So maybe we could do that. Yeah. So if I come in Thursday, then I can come in Friday. Yeah. Bring your son. We'll we'll talk off the air. Bring your son. He can hang out with my son. They'll have a good time. Well, sweet. You know, he's still a hardcore Bills fan. I know. That's fine. He's a Bengals fan. Yeah. 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 And we got to deal could, with Bull every day. They they could debate uh, Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. Uh, sure. Well, we need Joe Burrow to get healthy before that's really worth anything. Yeah, I'd right. take an injured Joe Burrow over Josh Allen, but that's another story. For <laughs> Here another you day. go. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye, Aditi. Bye, Aditi. Aditi didn't say any of the bad things about the Haslams. It was me, all me. It was all me. I like taking Yo, they be in the chat like. Why you got a Bengals fan as a host? He shouldn't be on the show. <laughs> you know, only an ignoramus would say that because I'm more likely to give a, an honest opinion than you homers around here. Well, Jason's not a homer, but everybody else is a homer. I'm not a homer, man. You a homer. Oh, you're I'm a homer. A, are you I'm kidding not a homer. me? I'm not a homer. Of course you're a homer. I really feel I, I'm an optimist. <laughs> you are a homer. I'm, I'm a With a capital H and a double M homer. <laughs> I never understood that. Like, do you do people always think that the, the people talking sports to them are supposed to root for their team? Is that a benefit? I don't like. It, I don't really listen. I don't ever really listen to Cincinnati sports talk. I shouldn't say I don't. I don't really. I never have at once listened to Cincinnati sports talk. But I listen. My man James Rapine, who used to work yeah, here, I, I, I watch his Bengals videos, and he's a fan of the Bengals. But I feel like he's kind of unbiased. But even if he wasn't, like I know what's his name, who's friends with uh, with uh, Mikey Ben Baby. That guy's not a Bengals fan. He does a great job covering the Bengals. I remember when I first started. You and know, by the way, most beat reporters are not fans of the team. No, I'm just. I remember if when they I are, first doing their job. I remember when I first started at the at the radio station, yeah. and it was just like, damn, everybody here is a fan of like all different kind of ta- all different kind of teams. So 
Like, no, I mean, I learned that in media school. Sometimes you're going to cover sports in a city that you're not from yeah. and of teams that you're not fans of. So It is funny to me because when I worked in New York, obviously I wasn't full-time there, so I wasn't on as often dude, and didn't develop as many relationships with fans as I have here. But I don't root for any New York teams. Yeah. And nobody ever complained about that. I ne- nobody ever cared. No, I get sick. Here, people, people care about People that. email me, you're not a real fan. I'm like, you're right. I'm dead inside. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> I don't care. True. He is dead inside. I'm dead inside. That I don't is, care that who That is 100% wins. true. All right, Anthony, what do you got for us? Yeah, before we move on here, guys, I just want to remind everybody that you can become a member. You can become a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show for four ninety nine a month. We get overtime. You get some Burks with the Cleveland Clothing Company. We still have T-shirts available. Don't forget about those. And you can gift memberships going into the football season. If you have a friend in the chat that doesn't have a membership, you can gift memberships to them and gift memberships to everybody in the chat. Now, the next topic, Jason, apparently you have been dying to talk about this. Well, uh, I what, wouldn't say I was dying to oh, talk about it. This is what it. Earl relayed to me. I didn't say dying. Before we get to this. I never used the term. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. I never said dying. dying. Uh, Jason, I said in the rundown, I said passion. Jason has some pretty cool notes from things but, that he has. But before we get to that, real quick, I, I just, um, Steve Becker had texted us that Philly fans root for injuries. And I think there are a lot of fans that root for injuries, but it reminded me of yet another Instagram video that I was watching <laughs> where these, these, this guy was asking Eagles fans, or Philly fans, would you, who would you rather come back to Philly, uh, Ben Simmons or Carson Wentz? <laughs> this one guy goes, I'd rather see my dead grandparents' bones. They <laughs> 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 have either of those. <laughs> those people oh, are funny. Anyway, gosh. go ahead. Let's talk about being a good family man. Yeah, so we're talking about the work-life balance of NFL yeah. players today is the topic. Right. Now. And why Kirk Cousins well, is a failure when it matters. All right, so no, no, no. So this is the only thing how it started. So yeah. as everyone knows now, I was – Driving home from West Virginia, watching quarterback, and so yeah. I could watch Very the whole safe. series. Yeah. And the one thing that stuck out to me was Kirk Cousins saying he takes Tuesdays off. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Of like, he's not in the building. The quarterback of the team is not in the building on Tuesdays. And so I just threw it out in the in our group text. I just yeah. said, I, you know, one thing that stuck out to me was that. And you're like, it's probably why I can't win a big game. You're not in the building on Tuesdays. <laughs> That's why they can't win. Is Patrick Mahomes taking Tuesdays off? So I just and, and so I poked around yeah. uh, with a couple players yeah. and was like, "Hey, what do you think?" Yeah, and but, but no one really had a problem with it. And they said a lot. It's 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 common, especially among quarterbacks with families. Yeah, that they are they take Tuesdays off. It's not really an install day or anything. Really, you get the game plan for on Wednesday. Wednesday is really the first install day. Yeah, and it's like Joe Thomas took Tuesdays off. Betonio takes Tuesdays off. Like a lot of veterans that aren't quarterbacks, that's their off day. Well, and but a quarterback, because I, I, I was joking on the uh, on my response. Are you sure? No, I was joking. But because <laughs> uh, me and Jason kind of look like, well, <laughs> damn, no, no, boy, the hell there. with the kids. You'll see him in January. <laughs> I, I was get your ass in the facility. But I'm curious: are the best quarterbacks Mahomes, mm-hmm. Burrow, Allen, Lamar? Whatever, whoever you want to throw in the, you know, the Aaron well, Rodgers. Are those guys taking Tuesdays off? I'm curious. I do think that family situation has a lot to do with it. Burrow single. That's true. Mahomes, Mahomes has a kid, though. Mahomes has a kid. Yeah. So this may be, it gets to the point where maybe Aaron Rodgers, who knows what's going on yeah, in this who house. Knows. I don't know. But I do think that it's it's specific to the situation that you're in. If sure. you're a young single guy, you're probably a facility. What else you got to do? Yeah. And I talked to one player who said, like, if you don't watch film at, at home, like there shouldn't be a difference. You can watch film at home. If you're not watching the film of the facility, 
You know what I mean? Like you can watch it either place. But I it sounds it was, like Cousins takes the whole day off. I yeah. actually thought it was cool that he he responds, at least in this show, that's what the I don't know if he does this all the time, but that he responded to fan mail as part yeah. of that Tuesday. Yeah. But you cool. but you use that against him in our group t- you're like, he's only writing I, he's writing fans. You know He's not taking the day I'm off in balls in our group chat. But I actually agree that Kirk Cousins came off very well. Yeah. And did. I didn't like him. I had bad thoughts about him going into this. And I feel I like him a lot more after watching this. I thought he came off extremely well. Now, listen, the reality is he is falling on his face in big spots yeah, almost is. all the time, including last year. They had, the what, the second best record in the NFC, and they lost to a nothing Giants team in the playoffs. But if he had been in the facility on Tuesday. No, I don't really believe that. But, you know, but but he has to account for that somehow. Well, and the point I think that Mike and I both made yeah. is, like, he could he could move in and live there. He's gotten the absolute most out of his I agree. ability. That he's I just not like, as good. Uh, damn, Mike, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's just, he's just not as good. He's just not as physically gifted and as good as you some know, of those other guys. Yesterday, uh, Mike Sando talked about the tier one quarterbacks all have at least one elite trait. Yeah. And in Patrick Mahomes' case, he's pretty much all elite all traits. And so some of the other guys. I don't think Kirk Cousins has any elite traits. And for him to be as good as he is without that, it's pretty impressive. It's a product of the preparation yes. and getting the absolute. He's like the Matthew Delvadova of NFL quarterbacks. Right. He squeezed absolutely everything he could get out of out of his I mean, ability. So I, I mean, I thought it was cool. I know me and Jason talked about it a lot because it made me think about Deshaun Watson. Right. You hear a lot of people talking about well, every time you looked on social media, he was out of the country traveling yeah, and things stupid. like that. That's stupid. But I just think that the I think work life balance is important, not just for quarterbacks, but for anybody in any profession. I could speak to myself, I'm still fresh in this and I'm chasing it so hard, right? And I think that <clears throat> I'm learning that not having that balance, it can impact negatively the relationships that truly matter to you, right? And so I think that if you can find that balance and still cater to the relationships outside of your profession that matter, it probably actually makes you better at your profession. I, I, don't, I, I don't know that work-life balance is a good explanation for what's happening here. A quarter, if you're in the NFL, especially if you're a quarterback or a coach, you have no ba- – like, when I think of balance, I'm thinking, okay, we're getting on the teeter-totter until we're even. That's not what's happening here. There's no balance. He's taking some time with his family. I mean, you can't be an NFL quarterback and spend the time with your family that you'd really like to during the season. No, but I also but think – But it's good to spend – that he is taking this day in reality. I think the NFL, more than any other sport, has this toxic – Macho. Oh, 100%. We're going to work 18 hours and yeah. we're going to sleep in the facility. To the point of stupidity. What are, yeah. you, what are you really accomplishing? Yeah, like, nothing. what are you really getting done? But I just think it's this whole you have to prove that you're working harder than everybody else. At some point, it becomes information overload. There's only so much you can do. And if you're working, go that, home. Go home and have dinner with your kids. Right? If you're working that many hours, you can get to the point of exhaustion where you, what are you accomplishing? Yeah. I, I heard. It couldn't be more different than than football, but they're celebrities in a, diff- a different vein. You, when you hear, you know, uh, a number of the former Saturday Night Live cast members, I've heard, you know, go on Howard Stern and do mm-hmm. interviews. And across the board, especially David Spade talks about this a lot, but a lot of the guys have talked about this on there. Um, the fact that, like, I think it's, I don't know if it's the night before, one day during the week, everybody's supposed to stay the entire night overnight not go to sleep and work on that week's show 
And all these guys are like, this. it was so stupid. I don't know why Lauren does that. Uh, and then I think David Spade was like, at one point, I don't know if it was Chris Farley or somebody he worked with was just like, well, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going home. Because it's crazy. What are you accomplishing at yeah. four in the morning? Yeah, that's dumb. You know? I, I just think to what Jason said is toxic. And I think like sometimes you have to detox yourself from either the way you was brought up or train and thought that you was thought because for the longest, me, myself is grind, grind, grind. Mm-hmm. If you work eight hours a day, you need to be working 16. Or if you're doing this, you could be doing more to do more. And, you know, it just made me think about Tom Brady because that's the other side of it. I wonder how much not having that work-life balance impacted his very last season in the NFL because everything that he started to go through in his personal life because he didn't have that balance. And I just think that can happen to either last one of us, no matter what the profession is. And so, like, to Jason's point, he used the perfect word. It's toxic sometimes. And you got to understand, like, those things matter just as much, and those things can fuel you to be better at your job. And you can see the results of it if you don't pour into it. Because he was horrible, uh, not horrible, but for Tom Brady standards, yeah. his last season was not that good. And we all know it's because of everything that he was going yeah. through in his personal life. I mean, on a much, much smaller scale. Yeah. For 10 years, I never saw my family. Like, right, I was right, on the yeah. road covering the NBA. I yeah. was never home. And when LeBron left, I made a complete career pivot. Right. And went into a completely different role to where I'm home. All I take Tuesdays off now and Wednesdays. Right, right. <laughs> and some Thursdays. <laughs> And yeah. it's and it's so I'm having so I'm having the best time of my life. I'm yeah. having so much fun being well, home mean, with my kids. Part of the reason I quit my job at the fan was because I wasn't getting to spend enough time with my son. Yeah, and I wanted to be able to coach him as he got older in Little League. Yeah. That's why I had to quit. Um, I missed and, my kid's birthday four years in a row. Yeah, because and, he had the audacity to be born during the NBA Finals. That is obnoxious. So I missed his I mean, birthday. That's your fault, I missed AJ's birthday four years in a row. Have abs- had I missed Christmas. Well, yeah, clearly, <laughs> I missed Christmas. Four years in a row. Yeah, I've yeah. stayed home for one. Right. Like, no, that, that sucks. Not, it's and nuts. We've all been conned. It's a friggin' basketball game. We've all been conned by societal norms or the billionaires or whatever it is to believe that work is more important than family. Like, so many, that's been pounded into our yeah. heads. That nothing's, you are who your job is. You're not. And no, you're, you're not. not. You're and not. family is always most important. Anthony, you got a final uh, thing you want to say on this? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I worked at a job before here where it was very heavily in sales. I was in the marketing department, but I was friends with a lot of the salespeople and they had no work-life balance and the people, like they thought that was normal. And I'm a big proponent of it. Like when I go home on the weekends, I watch the games, I do my homework, but I don't answer half the text messages. It's inappropriate. Answer the freaking text, will you? Sorry. uh, Hey, I said I was in for fantasy football three months after. What was that? You don't have kids. No, I don't have kids. I you just... can still have work-life balance, but yeah, come on, boy. You don't have to have kids. <laughs> I have a girlfriend that lives off. two hours away from me. You either got to be married or a parent in order to qualify for right. work-life balance. You don't right? qualify, Anthony. <laughs> I got a girlfriend that lives two hours away, so I spend time driving back and forth. That's Columbus. inappropriate. But... So answer our text while you're driving in the car for two what hours. What else do you have to do? Jason's watching I TV can't do shows. anything right today. If Jason can watch a TV show <laughs> while he's driving... You can text while you're driving. I'm listening more than watching. Eh, it's like a visual cool. podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, your girlfriend living two hours away is completely inappropriate, by the way. Like, wh- she's got to get, get out. This is enough. Break up with her already. Find one closer to home. I would say either Jason's right. You got to dump her or she's got to move closer. I mean, that's it. 
You can't move. You got a job. What is she doing? <laughs> he What's said, her well, job? She, she works in move. Columbus. She works for the Children's Hospital down in Columbus. It's all big children's deal. Hospital here. There's hospitals here. Come on. Come on. <laughs> What's more important, a children's hospital or this show? <laughs> for me, this show. For her, the children's hospital, probably. You don't get a priority straight. <laughs> no, this children's hospital nonsense. She lives in Columbus. She does. Yeah. Oof, that's annoying. <laughs> so it, it's uh, it's annoying for both of yeah. us, but not getting into all of that. Do you yeah. guys want to do final takes, or do you guys want to talk about Guardian Silver Linings? We got ten minutes left in the show today. There was, I, I don't this, have I mean, take. you brought oh the Ahmed Rosario. Are you that's you want to save that for overtime? Yeah, that was going to be our overtime. By the way, um, did you see? We'll, we'll get to. Uh, I, we can get the final thoughts in a second. By the way, did you see the? Um, I, I feel, I, and now I'm hesitant to bring it up because people are like, oh, he's talking about his team. The Cubs have scored 36 runs. Oh, he's talking about his team. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw this. He was texting something 30, about Because I, well, I said the guard, Cubs have scored more runs in their last 16 innings than the Guardians have scored in their last 10 games. Is that bad? I did bad. see this yeah. uh, from the Browns. Um, yeah, go ahead. From the Browns app. The life and legacy of Jim Brown is scheduled to air starting at 1 p.m. on the Browns mobile app, website, and YouTube channel. So, Browns fans, they're going to honor Jim Brown today at 1 p.m. You can check that out after you check out overtime. What do you mean they're going to honor him? It just says what it says. It's, it's a ceremony. It's a ceremony. Oh, I see. All right. You, 1 o'clock. Are you into that? No, I'm sitting here. It's 12.50. Okay. <laughs> and I have All to right. be in Biosport in Westlake at once. I knew that was coming. I, I mean, listen, I don't want to be disrespectful to Jim Brown, obviously. Yeah. But, no, I'm not covering that. I got a couple things yeah. to do this afternoon before I head down to the game. Tonight. I thought that the number 32 with the helmet, I actually seen a couple of people on Twitter saying it, too. That should have been one of the options for the midfield logo. Or just the 32 itself. I, 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 they still may come up with something. They could, they'll, they, they'll probably put something on the field. Yeah. Maybe – Something at the 32-yard line or something. Yeah. That would have been his, a good idea to have that as one of the choices, I think. His yeah. I would like that better than any of the choices they have yeah. for me. They could do something on the, on the uniform. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of options. As for the Guardians, do you guys have a final take you want to hit on? I mean, so I guess my silver lining in all of yeah. this is uh, last year was kind of like an, an anomaly. I can't anomaly. Say, anomaly. I struggle yeah. to say words like that. Sorry. And I think this year was more realistic of to where they are. And I think that now they can take a step back and really assess this thing and just hopefully try to put a better team together. I actually don't agree with that. I, I think it's they're in between. I don't think they're as good as the team as last year. I don't think they're as bad as this year. They're team. 500. They, yeah. Well, they're, I mean, it's not like they're on pace to no, lose 100 games. They're a 500 team. No, well, they're under five, two games under now. All right, but, that's still a 500 but team. I think they're going to crater. I do think they're going to crater. Well, they might now. I, I think the team is. It seems like there's a lot of anger in the locker room. Yeah. About what's happened here. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because when the front office decides to quit on the season. Well, okay. How about. Hit a ball once in a while. Agree. Like, if you want to be pissed off, be pissed off at yourself because you suck. The team ultimately is their fault. They didn't play Absolutely. well. Absolutely. However, we all know the reason why, but they are in the hunt, very much in it. And front office said, nope, we're not trying to, we're, we're not, winning is not a priority. Every right move now. they made was the correct move. Every move. The, in, these, in this last week, in this uh, last week, moving on from Rosario, trading Savali at the peak of his value. Yes. And dumping Bell's contract. All three of those were the correct moves. True. It's a, but that's irrelevant to the players. 
Uh, totally agree. You know? But you can't worry about that. Agree. But now you... But now, now you do have to worry craters. about that. Now you do have to worry about and, that. And there's a reason why Chris mm-hmm. Antonetti went to go to talk to the players. Yes. He's trying to, like, yes. convince them we didn't quit on you, but they did. A friend but, of mine asked me this question. I think yeah. you two are, are perfect for me to ask you all. He yeah. asked me yesterday. He said, you know, a lot of you see with the Cavaliers, you see with the, with the Browns, the media will go directly and talk to a player after a bad game or, or when the team is in turmoil. Yeah. And he said, you know, why doesn't anybody go talk to – Jose Ramirez. Now that people say he doesn't speak English well, he depending, speak on who, English. depending on who you talk to, but yeah. it got me thinking. Like, I would be very, very interested to know what he feels. Like, when the, I can't remember the last time a reporter said, you know, Jose Ramirez said this about X, Y, and Z. I'm very curious yeah. to know what he feels about what's going on, especially yeah. since he left so much money on the table right. to make this team competitive. Jason, do you know if Zach spoke to him yesterday? Did he speak to, does he speak to Ramirez regularly? Or? Uh, most of Jose's – Jose does speak a fair amount of English. Of course he does. But he goes through translators. Right, because he's for, more comfortable. And that's and – There's that's, little nuances in the language that he's – but he's and, been here long enough. He understands. He knows the language. It's, it's – This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found – Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Six minutes left. Yeah. It's hard sometimes, like the, the fabric of the clubhouse, the nice thing about what we can do is we can just sidle up to a guy yeah. and just have a, a random conversation with him, a very informal, how right. do you feel, where are things at. It's harder to do that with guys who need translators because right. you're going through an intermediary and are yeah. you really getting what they're actually saying? Yeah. Are you really, it's, it's hard to get right. the genuine yeah, and feel the, of the moment. And Jose's the, well, but what about Naylor? What's Naylor thinking right now? I don't know. I haven't talked to him. Or as, do you know if Zach has spoken to him? I do not know. He's yeah. on the trip. Zach's in Houston. He's yeah, on the trip. so I, I, I mean, I am curious. If I'm Jose right now, I'm pissed. Sure. And But what I'm really going to be pissed is if they go another offseason and do nothing. Because, let's face it, the Guardians have essentially done nothing to make the team better on the major league level for a number of years now. Well, they tried, and they... Blew up in their face. They tried. They tried with scraps. They tried with with mid level. Josh Bell is a mid level free agent, and Zanino is uh, a scrap. Mid level. Yeah, sixteen and a half million is mid level. Right. That's not a lead. All right, fair. But it's mid-level. not a scrap. A mid level and a scrap. Yeah, that's where they live. That's they where they're do. always going to operate. Well, they shouldn't. It's unacceptable. But, but again, are they ever going to go after Aaron Judge or Shohei Otani? No. I'm not asking them to go after. Aaron so who Judge do you want him to get? Go after Cody Bellinger. What, what, how much is he going to get in free agency this winter? $25 million? They should be able to do that. $27 million, man? They should, be able, to, they should be able to do that. You know, I mean, th- there's a level between Otani and Judge 
and Josh Bell. There's probably two levels between. Probably two levels between. So, like, get somebody in the, one of those levels for once. I mean, they haven't done that since Encarnacion. Also, you have to convince that player to come here, which is not always easy. Well, if you pay them, then they'll come. They go wherever the money is. But they can get that money elsewhere in a, in a city that they desire more. We talk a lot about mid-market teams, and I'm just looking to be educated with this question. Yeah. I look at the Cincinnati Reds, and, and over my sports fandom, I've seen them sign guys to pretty damn decent contracts over the time. And I hear this time, well, we play in this market. Well, they have. I mean, who have they but, really but signed? I, I mean, Votto. I can remember Votto. I can remember Ken Griffey back in the day. I'm just saying over the history of time, I've seen them yeah, spend Ken more. Ken Griffey was a long time ago. My, but the point I'm making over yeah. my history of time, yeah. I've seen the Cincinnati Reds spend more money to acquire talent and try to improve their roster than I have with the I Guardians. And I guess true. Well, why? The, the, the Guardians just signed Ramirez. But the Votto contract is bigger than anything the Guardians ever handed out. That right, but true. look, if I'm a Reds fan right now, I'm pissed off. But they did it. So no, like no, no, when no, they but say, wait a second. The Reds, outside of Votto, haven't signed anybody in years. Who else have they signed? But it's still a bigger contract. It was a homegrown oh, guy. I gotcha. And they, and they locked him up and they kept was him. Was it bigger than Ramirez's entire... contract? Oh, yeah. Well, at the time... At the time, it was a big but wait contract. A Besides Votto, the, the Ramirez contract is what ten and years it was later. Not a great contract because Votto hasn't been that great since then. Correct. A lot of the contracts. But don't wait work a second out. here. Hold on. The Reds have not signed any other significant free agent in the last ten years that I can think of, and the Reds, who were in first place in the NL Central in a better division than the AL Central, just sat out the trade deadline. And, and with the Guardians, I can at least argue that I understand why they made those trades. Because they stink. The Reds have been playing really well, and they sat out the trade deadline. Well, they I'm, did not, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not necessarily talking this year. I'm just, talk, I'm no, just talking about I'm just talking about over a period of time, I've yeah. seen small market teams like the Reds, like the St. Louis Cardinals, like the Brewers. No, no, spend no, no, more, I, I'm just wrong. telling you what I see. Okay, no. so I'm, I'm, I'm looking to be educated. Like, yeah. What's the, the difference between a small market team like the Reds who can spend that money on a guy like Votto, yeah. why can they do but it in the Guardians' game with Jose Ramirez? But he just said they never handed out anything. Votto's, like con- Votto's contract was $225 million. And Ramirez is what? 158 or something like that? Whatever it's it was. It was their different. best player. Who cares? You know, that's $100 million is a pretty significant, significant difference. difference. Yeah, the significant difference is Ramirez is better than but, Votto. But to your point. The point is the Reds have not signed anybody else besides Votto. Most small market teams cannot And the Cardinals are not contracts. a small market team. The Cardinals are not a small, not a small okay. market team. Most teams cannot swing the type of deals that you're talking about. Votto was the exception, for yes. sure. Griffey was the exception, and even that was, that a, was a long time And that ago. was a below-market deal that he took okay. yeah. with Cincinnati. Right. A lot of teams, and, and a lot of times it comes down to your stadium deal. Baseball is completely different than NFL and NBA. NFL and NBA, they make so much money off their television deals mm-hmm. that – the location of the city doesn't matter. That's why the NBA can put teams in Memphis and Oklahoma City right, 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 right. and Vancouver back, whatever. The market size doesn't matter because the television contracts are so massive, everybody's making money. That's not the case in baseball where they yeah. rely heavily on their television and the Reds, contracts. I, I just think the Reds are a bad comparison because the Guardians have been a much better franchise than the Reds. Oh, and I have. don't know that the Reds have had a higher payroll than the Guardians all that often in the last 10, 15 I don't years. Know. I don't We'd know. We'd have to double-check it. Closely. More coming up on Overtime. We'll see you there, the ultimate Cleveland sports show. See ya. Hasta mañana.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.